and three, two. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of that Dynamite Review on the Technology News Talk. As we are like five weeks away from Double of Nothing and things starting to uh, come and start coming together. And um, but before we get into everything that happened on last night's Dynamite, please welcome my co-host with the most, as always, Mr. Leland Benford. What is going on, bro? What is up, everybody? It is that time again, a time for another Dynamite review. And last night's episode was very, very much focused on the pillars of AEW. Now, I don't know if MJF saw the what social media saying, oh, we're getting a fatal four-way. We're going to get a fatal four-way. And MJF is like, nope, uh-uh, we are not doing that. We all do one on one, but I think I, I think if this is just a swerve to just keep uh, people guessing yeah. that it's not going to be a four way or it's just going to be a regular one on one. They saw they doing this pillars tournament, but I know for sure it's probably going to be a favorite four way just by everything that happened on this show. So well, just just for the fact that he said it wasn't going to be a four way, I know it's going to be a four way. Yeah, it's, yeah, it just for to keep everybody guessing because. We got like five weeks away to the pay per view, and we just got to get like TV time while we're in the in in these five weeks. Yep, and pretty much, I mean, the show started off exactly as much. I mean, the show started off right with the pillars to get us to talking about this storyline. It's very rare when AEW starts their shows off with these promos. I will say, last night, I don't think these guys did the best job at, at their promos at their times they had on mics. Um, I think the best out of the group was Sammy Guevara in their opening promo segment. Darby stumbled. Jungle Boy didn't feel like he was confident enough, but Sammy kind of held his own that night in the ring. Um, held his own as far as promos goes. But each of them guys had like different points for, for one another. So it started now, off. I like you, but I don't like you. But you like me, but I don't like him. Yep. Yeah, it was that 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 type of promo. So like, um, it started off with Jungle Perry when went to the ring, but before Perry could speak, Sammy Vergara came out, and before Guevara could even speak, Darby Allen came out as well. So, Darby Darby Allen first said he knew Guevara the longest. He liked him the most, but he is least qualified. To challenge for the world title since he is a follower of chris jericho of the jericho appreciation society while alan and steam views each other as equal but he's not like oh this is not the sting appreciation society because we all know that legends are made for to get the uh the younger stars uh younger stars up so that's what he meant about that and then when Guevara said oh no no this is uh darby i still begin he said Guevara is a follower of Chris Jericho, who Allen thinks he's holding Guevara back. Allen then said to Perry, he said, Perry had to work the, the least hardest to get where since he's a part of the California clique. Allen uh, then said he was jealous of Perry instantly, but he realized nothing about Perry intimidates him. And then Jungle Boy said, he saw kids painting their face like Alan, but only if they knew what Alan was really like under the face paint. 
Jungle Boy also then said AEW was Allen's second choice after Fairly as a skateboarder. Then Guevara was still relaxing in the corner. And then when Jungle Boy turned his eye to Sammy Guevara, who called him a dirtbag, but Jungle Boy respected Sammy Guevara for putting his body on the line all the time. But still, he's still a, a scumbag POS. And then goes Sammy Guevara come back and said, Jungle Boy hates MJF, but in reality, he is just like him. Guevara then said, him and Darby Allen are two sides of a coin, risking everything that they made. While he said that Jungle Boy and MJF was the golden, the golden childs of AEW. Allen is an inspiration to him, losing many of his early matches, but winning his first title. But but, but uh, Darby Allen was the first to win a uh, to win a title in AEW, which is the TNT title, and he is still he still holds the record of the longest reigning uh, TNT champion. But um, but Sammy Guevara said, I'm the only one out of all the pillars to win the, uh, the TNT title three times. And then he said, breaking the glass ceiling, Guevara said everything that Allen did, Guevara did it better. And now it's time for Allen to sit back and watch Guevara become world champion. Then Jungle Boy said, put it in all blogs. He will be the one to be the world champion, and he's going to do it for all the fans out there. And then before you know it, the devil shows up, and he said he ran down Pittsburgh for thinking Britt Breaker was talented. In case y'all didn't know, uh, Britt Breaker is one of the pillars, so there's five, not four, but five. But we only talk about the four here right now. <laughs> but um, MJF said he's blushing that everyone is talking about him. And then MJF said he talked to Tony Khan, that they will have a pillars tournament with the winner facing MJF at double or nothing for the AEW title. Then MJF pulled out a hat saying that, oh, Darby Allen gets the bye for next week, which means that Sammy Guevara and Jungle Boy had to face off tonight. And then the winner of that faced Jungle Boy uh, the next week. So I don't know why we're doing this tournament. Like tournaments are just made for like for something else, but like I get why they're doing this. This is for, like we said earlier, just for to keep everybody under the loop, saying that, oh, it's not gonna be a fatal four-way, but we all know it's gonna be a fatal four-way. But um, uh, yeah, so Darby Allen gets a bye next week, and then we had Sammy Guevara and Jungle Boy in the main event tonight. So what are your thoughts on, on this? And just to try to keep everybody on the loop saying, oh, it's not gonna be a fatal four-way, but the reality is gonna be is. Right, right, right. And that's the, again, it's a swerve. It's saying pretty much like, and, you know, and we'll get into it later with the main event and the, re, the results of that to show even more reason why this is going to be a fatal four-way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, this is set up for that, for that. But, yeah, again, I think out of everyone who did a promo in that ring between the three, I think Sammy looked the best um, out of that promo. But, the, again, Looking, looking forward to kind of seeing what pillar grows the most out of this campaign and out of this, out of this series. Well, we're gonna get into the rest of the show, and we're gonna get go come back to this, and um, I'm gonna get into my reasons why we should have um a general manager on this show. It don't have to be Tony Khan specifically. He don't have to be on television all the time, but just to be just to have somebody 
that's like under Tony Khan, but also can still make matches uh, under him. So, yeah, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, why in the middle of the show and uh, during the main event, and uh, we're gonna explain that in a moment. But um, but we're gonna get into our first match of the night was the the tag team match with the uh, two members of the Outcast, Ruby Soho and Tommy Storm versus uh the hometown girl. Dr. Britt Breaker, DMD, and the AEW Women's World Champion, JB Hader. So, um, yeah, this was a pretty good um, uh, tag team match. Um, I was hoping they could say this for the pay-per-view, but um, I think they're, um, like I said before, I think Soraya might face um, uh, Jamie Hader for the for the AEW's world title, but we'll see what's going to happen in the next uh, five weeks. Uh, but, yeah, but in the end, um, the originals came out on top with, with Jamie Hader and Britt Breaker getting the win, but um, Britt Breaker didn't do much of celebrating. But because uh, um, I think um, Jamie Hader uh, probably took an injury in this match because she was carry out with the security, and then Britt uh, had to walk behind her. So I don't know what what happened there, but we, we don't need no more interim titles. We don't need that no more, no more. Yeah, I'm hoping not. Um, also, quick pull moment when Soraya tried to take uh, Britt Baker mom's terrible towel and Britt Baker mom held on pretty strongly and didn't let it go. So, you know, one for the mom, zero for Soraya. Um, I like the outcast group, man. I really like their look, their style. They're becoming that heel woman group um, that you got to like, love to hate. They got the spray paint, badass jackets. But, yeah, I really like it out. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Yeah, the big sneeze in the middle of that. Um, but yeah, I'm really liking the outcasts, man. They, I'm digging them. Um, and then also, um, you know, Tony Khan loves a hometown win. We see two hometown wins in this episode, uh, both of those people being from Pittsburgh. Um, so, uh, you know, DMD is God in Pittsburgh, just like MJF is God in Long Island, you know, and just like how Darby is God in Seattle. Um, and I think that's really cool that in AEW, you have these kind of regional celebrity stars. Like, if they're hated anywhere else, they're loved there. And it's because Tony loves that hometown pop. Um, and he really makes it known and makes it known that these guys are from this place and he attaches them to that community. So, um, but yeah, another hometown victory for DMD. Um, the crowd always loves her when she comes out. I wish I kind of uh, wish I kind of could have got a little bit of a promo from her or something. Uh, but overall, the match was very entertaining, and Jamie Hader uh, looks incredible. I think she's at the the best she's ever been in the ring. Hopefully, nothing too crazy happened with the injury. What was your favorite moment from that match? Still there, Trico? I would have to say uh, everything was good except for that title shot botch. That yeah. title shot. Yeah, a little botch there. Yeah, that was in that botch. But um, let me see. Okay, then after that, we go backstage with Warlow, and then which he was with uh he was with Renee Parquet, and um he said 
he once had a four horseman in his corner to help him out to give him advice. So tonight he reached out to another horseman to help him even the playing field since QT Marshall will be in Powerhouse Hobbs corner. As our Anderson walked in, he said, Tony Bletcher is a smart guy who was one of the best checker players, but tonight they're playing chess. So we know that um, our Anderson will be in, uh, in Warlord's quarter uh, later on in the show. So, uh, so, so yeah, we're going to have an even playing field uh, tonight. But that was, but but our Anderson wasn't the only one that helped out Warlow tonight, and we'll get to that more than that in a second. But um, the elite returned, and um, they came out to uh, uh issue a challenge to the Black Blue Combat Club. So it started out with Omega saying that the BCC were the four most respected wrestlers, and then they made his friends bleed, sent Don Callis to the hospital and tried to put them on the shelf. Omega called out the BCC out quickly and said they need to settle this right now. But Brian Danielson was on the screen calling them amateurs, saying, oh, you're getting this interview time, but you wasted our time with this? And then um, as nothing but Roos to get the elite extracted long enough for John Moxley, Cario Casanova, and Willa Yuta to attack the elite behind, then the whole brawl started, and then Nick Jackson cleared the barricade to attack Casanoli while Matt Jackson was hitting the lotion motion uh, northern light suplexes on Yuta. And Mossy had the rear naked choke on Omega, who turned to send Mossy spilling out in the front row in the lap of where Bitbreaker's family was at. And then Yuta cut off Matt's uh, super kick by cracking in with, an injured, with that injured shoulder with the title belt. And then Castanoli dropped Nick with a power bomb. Yuta briefly locked on the cattle muscle on Matt as Mossy hit the Death Rider on Omega. This brought out Danielson from the back as the BCC surround Omega. Don Callis ran out from the chair uh, from the back <laughs> and he saw what happened there. I was like, uh oh, let me get let me go get some help. And then he dropped the chair, ran away. Danielson said Omega is the most potential of all the elite. But he doesn't want to reach that potential, and he needs to be gone and pull out another screwdriver, as he was about to do what he did to uh to Heyman out of page. But Callison ran it from the back with uh Coach Coach and who was spreading into the ring and fight off the BCC and Omega recovered as he and Takesha ran up everyone with Callis standing tall, raising their hands, raising the hands of both men. The young bus joined in as Danielson was furious with Takesha showing up as um Takesha had Danielson's back when um he was feuding with MJF. Now, with that being said, I do believe, and I and, and I'm sticking to my gun here, I do believe that we will get a swerve with uh with Dark Palace and to go to Takesha as that they will be um joining the Black Blue Combat Club, but I don't think it's going to happen right now because I think they need to um, add in more filler within the five weeks uh, towards double or nothing. I do believe we're going to get another um, Anarchy and Arena match like we did last year with the uh, with the Elite and the, uh, and the Black Blue Combat Club. 
And then after that, then we'll probably go do Blood and Guts. And then that's when you you could do the turn with um Don Callis and um and to Kose Dekesha. And then that's when you bring in uh Heyman Adam Page back, and then Kenny Omega could call up from New Japan. He uh, he could call up um Carter Abushi to have out the elite, and then you have your five on five for the blood to guts match. What do you think? Yeah, that's kind of what we saw. We saw this new, you know, with Takashi coming in. We see that oh, it's one more uh person, but that's that's um that's four plus hangman, that's five. Yeah, who is your choice for BEC? Who would be a fifth? Uh Carter Abushi. Yeah, I can see that as well. Um, so with Forbidden Door and everything coming up, they're going to start seeing, you're going to, I mean, we're starting to see it on Dark. We're starting to see um, more of the New Japan guys start to come, and that kind of happens around Forbidden Door season. So definitely we're going to see these guys in Blood and Guts. Like, that is definitely being set up. I mean, with the screwdriver, we're going to see the screwdriver come back around. It's going to be a bloody match, and I think we're going to have these Japanese stars in there as well for this one that can definitely add a lot of value to the blood and guts uh, matchup. Be probably the this will be the first time where Jericho wouldn't be a part of blood and guts. Um, so now the elite get a chance, a different group of people get a chance to go in there. Be the second time for Mox and Claudio and the BEC. Um, so let's see, <laughs> the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, so um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see kind of what these new guys kind of do with it. You know, the elite Kenny Omega and the Blood of Ghost match. I mean, you know, that's I want to see what he does with it. So, uh, yeah, but I believe what we've been saying the whole time is, is still on track. These guys are setting up for Blood of Guts. Yeah, absolutely. But um, what do you think of having another uh, anarchy in a reader match for a double or nothing just to get, to get that that filler time before Blood and Guts? Look, I love all those little gimmick matches they be doing. So I'm cool with all that. If that's what they want to do, um, I'll definitely be happy with that. So, but I think um, whoever they, you know, who if they do do, I don't know if the, the arena match might work for this group, you know, because the Blackpool Comic Club has come out very, very serious. The previous groups who've done it all kind of had that goofy kind of element to it. I mean, you think about Matt Hardy kind of coming into the match three different times as three different versions of himself. Um, so I'm not sure about that. But, you know, if they do start with just a typical four-man, you know, or five tag, you know, um, kind of match, or if it starts as a four versus four kind of thing and then it expands to a five versus five type of thing, I can see how that will work. But I think that's going to happen at, at Double or Nothing because we need that um, – that filler time, especially uh, Anarchy and Arena match, that's definitely the the BCC's signature match because uh, if you remember last year in the first half of that uh, that match, what they had with um with the Jericho Appreciation Society, they were playing Jossie, John Moxley's music in the first half of the match. They were playing. That was actually pretty cool. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. They playing his music. They had on repeat the whole time. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely an option, you know. Like, who knows what they're really gonna do? But you know, it's definitely those options are available. I think 
there's some good stories coming in. I'm not gonna lie. Yesterday's episode of Dynamite felt a little kind of like all over the place, like kind of like a car wreck at certain areas. Like it just felt like it was just very sporadic, like almost like gave me WCW kind of flashbacks at, at times. Um, so hopefully they can kind of tighten it up a little bit, leading up to some of these big reviews they got going on. And speaking about all over the place, uh, Warlow is now a three-time <laughs> a three time champion as he, he defeated Powerhouse Hobbs to win the title thir uh, a third time. And like I said before, he didn't just have um, R. Anderson in this quarter, but he also had help from um, uh, Penta who uh, uh, as well to help him uh, to win the title in his hometown of Pittsburgh. But before Warlow can celebrate, Christian Cage music hit, and then watch out Luchasaurus. And then we got a stare down here, which could be a new rivalry and also a new challenger for Warlow. Now, listen, I'm, I'm going to be straight out with y'all here. Why is the TNT title becoming like AEW's version of the 24-7 title? Like, why? Like, you had Warlow losing to Samoa Joe, then Warlow get it back, and then you have him losing the Powerhouse Hobbs, and then Warlow gets it back. Are you telling me that Luchasaurus is going to win the title and then somehow Warlow got to get it back? Like, what are we doing here? Look, Trico, I will say, again, it's not the same, but it does remind me of the WWE Championship when in Cena's era, when Cena lost it on Sunday from Rey Mysterio and then won it back that Monday. On whoa, Monday whoa, Night whoa, Raw. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. I don't. I know what you're going here, but wait, wait. So, if anything, I would say it's more like that title than the 24/7 title because we don't have a bunch of goons and a bunch of gimmicks and a bunch of ninjas running around the ring for it at any given time. So, this is just Wardlow's path. Now, I say the only reason why Wardlow lost the belt after winning it from Samoa Joe to drop it to Hobbs. And I hate to say how simple and stupid this is. The only reason that all happened is because Tony Khan likes a hometown pop. He's in Pittsburgh. Wardlow is from Pittsburgh. So they made him drop the title just so they can have a hometown pop in Pittsburgh for Wardlow. And that's not a good enough reason to do hot potato with that title. So I disagree with how they handled it. We did get a chance to see Wardlow destroy a pretty cool car during this short rivalry between him and Hobbs. Um, but that would be the only reason why they did all that, just so Wardlow could have a hometown pop. Like, oh, like, oh my God, like, really? But now what, Luchasaurus is going to be champ now? Is this what we're doing? Like, and who knows? Maybe Warlow had a little slight injury or something, or something he needed to recover from, or something happened. He needed to drop the belt real quick because he kind of defended, but they didn't want to make it like headline news. So we don't know what really happened, but I really do think it's because Tony Khan liked doing the hometown pop, and that's why Warlow won last night. It was a nice little rivalry while it lasted. I wish Hobbs had it longer. I think they could have built some more prestige up if Hobbs had it. But let's see how long Wardlow has it now. 
it's really they're, they're going back and forth back i mean warlow is now a three-time tnt champion and also to kind of go back to my original point if you want your company to feel like it's been around longer than it has been put the title on somebody three or four times and when people tune in they're going to say a three-time champion they're going to make it seem like aew has been around longer than it actually has been man but well well we're going to continue on with this because i have a lot to say but we'll, but we're going to move on but um Renee Parker tried to interview Sammy Guevara before his match with Jungle Boy, but MJF uh, uh, interrupts Lally and called him Genie Simpsons on math, uh, how much he sticks his tongue out. MJF wanted to pay off Guevara to get into the main event of Double or Nothing and take the fall, but Guevara refused, and MJF handed him out a blank check, turned his back, and told Guevara to, to name his price. As uh, Paquette rated Brene Paquette smart, as MJF is blown away by the price that Guevara set, and he agrees to it and shakes his hand. And Guevara said, "Friends don't shake hands; they're hugs." So, I got a question: How many zeros do you think Sammy put on that check? Uh, a few. I'm sure a few. Um, but I mean, here we go with those hill tactics, you know. Those heel, those wonderful heel tactics of MJF. Now, I mean, it's not going to blow up in his face at the end of the day. You know that. Um, but, hey, if Sammy can get a quick payday, my all hats all hats off to him, you know? Yeah, and we'll get to more of that story in the beta van later on. But um, we got a, a Dynamite debut of the Switchblade, Jay White, as uh, he defeated uh, Commander. In his first uh, the dynamite uh, 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 match, and um, so, but um, after the match, um, Robinson drags out Sean Spears over the barricade as he and White started to beat down before Ricky Stars ran in to the ring and Robinson was dropped with a spear as White bailed out with the bullet with the bullet cup glow retreating. So, it looks like we have ourselves a a tag team match rivalry here with the with Juice Robinson and Jay White versus um Ricky Starks and Sean Spears. Yeah, this match was actually really good. Commander looks really good. He's trying to become like the Lucha Jobber, um, but also Jay White looked good. Um, I'm happy to see Sean Spears back on my TV, and I like the little gimmick he was doing with the rating system, rating all the moves. Um, that was enough for them to get into an altercation that he rated one of five. And then we got Ricky Starks coming in for the save. Good to see Ricky back on TV, but I like to see him utilized more. Yeah, we'll see how this match goes because uh, this originally was Juice Robinson and um, Ricky Starks, but now we added uh, Jay White and um, Sean Spirit to the mix, and we'll see how that goes. Dan, we got the face-off between Chris Jericho and Adam Cole. Cole said he modeled his style after Chris Jericho and looked up to him, as now they are both in the same ring together with Cole saying, he has a lot of respect for Jericho, and a handshake was offered from Jericho as the two shook hands, where Jericho said he has absolutely zero respect for Cole, who is, is an arrogant son of a bitch. But Cole <laughs> is lucky that Jericho didn't slap him in the face for the disrespect shown last week. Cole called out Jericho a jagoff 
and got the chance for the crowd who's calling with Cole calling him hypocritical. Cole then said Jericho could be a demo god, but he is viewed as insecure, fickle, stupid idiot. No more games from Cole as they face off. So question, what now? And Jericho mentioned saying to never meet your idols. If Cole was smart, he lead, he lead the ring, but Jericho shoved Cole. Then the brawl started, and then Daniel Garcia came out, and then until Britt Breaker came out and slapped the tape out of Jericho's mouth, and then before you know it, the outcasts appeared from under the ring, and they beat down Breaker, and then Garcia and Jericho handcuffed Adam Cole to the bottom rope while the outcast was forced Britt Breaker to watch. And then Jericho, which I thought he was going to hit uh, Cole with the candlestick, but he handed the candlestick over to Soraya instead, forcing Cole to watch while Britt Breaker was getting beat down by Soraya with the candlestick. Um, I'm like, oh, man. So we I don't know if this is a short-term or a long-term with the outcast and the JSS um, forming together. But I think somewhere down the line, we might get a mixed tag team match with Adam Cole and Britt Breaker versus Jericho and Soraya. I think not bad. I don't know what they do, what they doing here. First off, it was really cool to see Chris Jericho say Adam Cole, baby. Um, that was that was like the highlight of this whole promo. Um, I mean, now we got this the the idol versus you know the idolizer type. You know, I mean, Adam Cole even said he owes his whole career to Chris Jericho. So um, I think this is going to be a very interesting sports entertainment field kind of campaign. I did like you know how. I wish like maybe that DMD and Hater had went against an other group other than the Outcasts that the before the previous match. So when them coming out of the ring, that would have been more of a shock because I've been in like the first time we saw them for the night. Um, but rather than that, I think it was really creative how they get the handcuffs and how you know they Adam Cole had to watch Soraya get, you know, you know, beat with a kendo stick. Um, the nice classic hand reaching out for each other um, and all that fun stuff. Uh, so, but yeah, interesting how they're going to see the two stories intertwining, but they are. So now we have a more overarching story between Adam Cole, Britt Baker, her squad, and the Outcast and JAS. In, yeah, well, in the Jaws. Now, um, I'm still sticking with my gut saying that Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho match is going to have a double or nothing. Yeah. But with yeah. the Outcast being involved now, I think they're probably going to do a mixed tag. Maybe at, maybe at double or nothing, I don't know, because if J Jamie Hayter is not injured at all, I still believe J it's going to be Jamie Hayter versus Rhea, and then you could, and then we do Adam Cole versus Jericho separately. But I don't know uh, how they're going to book it now with – yeah, hopefully Jamie's not injured too badly because uh, I would like to see a resolution to all of that. At, um, I mean, even if they do like Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter for the belt and then Soraya versus Britt Baker just for a rival match and then Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho.
Yeah, so. Oh, Draco still there? Okay, now we move on to the Hardys. Isaiah Cassidy and Hook took a um a pre uh, video promo and talked about how Stokely and the Forum should keep their phones on to find out when it is their match with at the at the Hardy compound will take place. And then Jeff said he will address the AEW fans for the first time since his return on Rampage uh, this week. Yep, good to see Jeff back. I want to see Rampage just to see what he said. Honestly, I looked at the Rampage card, and that was the one thing that I was like, other than him and Jay Car, uh, other than Jay Cargill, uh, I'd like to hear what he has to say and how he's going to address the AEW crowd. Yep. So, um, I do. I think the Hardy Compound match. I think the Hardy Compound match might take place at double or nothing, but we'll see. I think they might have been Yeah, we would definitely see what happens, but like a good story coming on. I'm glad to see Matt he has a chance to be with his brother again. And that, that was his whole plan. He had to do these crappy promos and crappy campaigns for a minute. So good to see him that the plan is back on track. Yeah. And then we got a six man tag team match with the acclaim uh and, and Billy Gunn. Uh, versus uh, uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society's Matt Menard, Angela Parker, and Jay Hager. Now, on, la on last week's red page, I wanted the Billy Gunn to cut Matt, Matt Nibbles off. That's how much I hate Matt, Matt Menard, seriously. But um, <laughs> the, but sadly, my dreams did not come true. But um, my another dream came on yesterday as uh, Billy Gunn snapped um, uh, Angela Parker's hair. I'm like, Bro, you ain't cool. Snap that. Uh, I don't care. That's uh, uh, a. <laughs> I was cone. happy at the end. With the acclaim. Yeah. At least the acclaim and Billy Gunn's uh, pick up the win tonight. That man, that made me much ha much happier. Yeah, crowd didn't seem too much into this. Crowd started to die out. I noticed the Pittsburgh crowd started to kind of die out a little early. They wasn't really hype hype. But the show did feel a little piggly piggly yesterday. It felt like all over the place. Yeah, but um, and then before we get to the, the to the main event, we got our card uh, hyping up uh, Rampage this Friday with um, you know we got a Triple A uh, Mega Title uh, defense. Uh, we got FTR, Jay Lito, and Jeff Jarrett taking on Tony Nese, Josh Woods, Ari Devaria, and Slim J. Julie Hart takes on Kira Hogan. John Moxley faces off against Christopher Daniels, and then we'll hear from the Hardys, Hook, and Isaiah Cassidy. And also, we'll hear from the TBS champion, J.B. Hager, I mean, uh, Jay Cargill. And then also, Jay Cargill will be defending her TBS title against Tyre Vagary, finally, on Dynamite. And then Tyre Vagary will finally make her Dynamite debut there. And then we have Darby Allen facing the winner of tonight's main event but to see who will face MJF at double or nothing. And then that's where we get to the main event uh, tonight. And with... um. MJF's help, Sammy Guevara defeated Jungle Boy by a countout. Now, this is where I say that 
we need a we need a general manager. Like I guess, like I say, it don't have to be Tony Khan. It don't have to be Tony Khan. It just we just need some sort of a of a doy figure that can work under Tony Khan, but still can make matches on that because with with this happening tonight, and then this happens again next week with Darby Allen. So that kind of shows like uh-uh, MJF, you're not pulling this crap. Like, uh, um, and then that's where you see Jungle Boy gets another opportunity, and then that's where we'll probably get that fatal four-way. But, but everything that's happened tonight, and then, I mean, don't get this. Sound like uh, the to me, this sound like silly booking to me, and then that's why I believe that we should have a general manager on this show, for for Dynamite and for Rampage. Yeah, I think Tony Khan needs a mouthpiece, period. You know, even if it's like Nigel McGinnis or somebody. Like, Tony Khan needs a mouthpiece because he's. Not sure he's a nice guy, but his mic skills, you know, I think he does better with the one on one interviews with reporters. But as far as like on TV with a mic in his hand, not the best. So I agree. Somebody that can like be the voice of Tony Khan. That could be his own gimmick right there, you know? Yeah, but um, we'll see how NetSuite plays out. And if it happens again, then there's, there's something got to be done. But I understand why they, they, they might be going with this. It's a, like I said, this is a kill off uh, filler time in the next five weeks. Uh, to double or nothing. Like I said, uh, we do believe it's still going to be a fatal four-way, but they're just playing off saying, oh, it's going to be one-on-one. But we'll see what, what happens next week. Good classic wrestling booking going on here. Heels being heels, babyface being babyface. Um, but the babyface will get their chance to, you know, say, no, we're doing this and all of that, and let's make it a, let's make it a fatal four-way. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, and then five five weeks. Yeah, Memorial Day weekend. And get ready, y'all, because um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. gonna be a crazy week. Because um, not only we have double or nothing, we have the Night of Champions pay per view, and then also the uh, NST's Battleground. So Memorial Day weekend is gonna be uh hectic. So get ready for that. But um, but other than that, man, anything else you want to plug in before we wrap up? No, nah, man, I think it was the last episode was a little bit of a all over the kind of place episode. It felt like a car wreck at times. Hopefully they can tighten it up. Um, but yeah, I feel like certain producers have certain vibes to it. It's like, I feel like this, whoever produced this show last night was not, it was just, I don't know, just felt like WCW back in the day. Um, but the wrestling was good, but the, I think the story parts could have been handled better. Nothing to plug right now, man. Uh, empathy is going through his paces, is, is going through color grade, is going through post audio, um, is going through music composition. Um, so, yeah, we're, and actually tonight we're going to get a photo shoot for the official poster for Empathy. So we will have a new poster dropping uh, very relatively soon. I'm thinking around like May 1st we're going to drop the official poster for Empathy. Um, so, yeah, get ready for that release because it's coming soon. Yeah, just keep following uh, the, the social media pages, and we'll keep you guys informed with everything that, that, that we do. So, so, so follow our so social medias to keep up update with uh, with empathy and everything. But um, other than that, he's Leland, and I'm Trico, and we'll see y'all soon, y'all. Peace.